No, no. You have to activate the benzodiazepines by having half a drink. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Catharsis is the process of getting relief from strong emotions by releasing, expressing, or processing them. Today we'll talk about different kinds of catharsis, from fantasies to gaming, sex, and kink. Why do we seem fascinated by zombies or the apocalypse? What does experiencing a rough or violent fantasy through BDSM look like, and what are some of the many safety features taken, usually, around such a scene? Do we play video games for how they make us feel? Does that relate to experiences we're having in our lives? Is any of that really cathartic for you? Well, let's ask Robin. Hopefully Robin will know more here on Intimate Interactions. I just recently did a whole bunch of research on um, how to hotwire a car and like what model, like what year essentially they need to be. Like these survival things I'm determined to learn. Interesting. For Brandon's, for our wedding anniversary, I'm getting us uh, like... um, uh, lock pick kits, and we're gonna learn how to do lock, lock picking. Amazing. Day, oh yeah, so we're, I'm always like trying to push for us to ha- like learn all these survival skills just in case there's a zombie apocalypse. And <laughs> the other day, it happened. Okay, if I drop something or if something okay. startles me, I scream. Okay. okay. And completely involuntary. And Brandon mentioned this the other day. He's like, You've been preparing for years and you know all this shit, but you're gonna get us all killed in five minutes because you'll be fucking screaming. <laughs> and I it just hit me and gave me kind of like a uh it's like existential dread. It's like, <laughs> no, you're so right. None of these skills I'm trying to learn mean anything. Because if I you just scream at the slightest hint of yeah, <laughs> I, I I've learned on you know where to stand and what to do if someone points a gun at you. But I'm going to be useless because I'll just scream. <laughs> where where do you stand and what do you do when someone points a gun at you? Oh, well, it depends on what kind of gun and where you are. But um, <laughs> you, there's there are certain ways you can either uh, hit the gun out of their hand, like if they're within arm's reach. Okay. You're supposed to uh, essentially, because I'm right-handed, I would I would try to move to my right side, like lean to my right while using my right palm to thrust to the left so that I'm pushing the gun out of way while also moving. Um, right. If, if the person it doesn't look like they're ready to kill you, uh, a solution might be charging them. Wow. Yeah. I, I think like all of these solutions should be taken with a grain of salt in that we're Absolutely. Canadians who don't typically have guns pointed at us. I know. That's the thing. I watch a lot of, because um, you know how much I love horror movies. I watch a lot of uh-huh. YouTube videos that break down like things that maybe what the they did wrong. could have done, what they right. did wrong. And yeah. 
really breaking down a situation. Okay, this is what's happening. What should you do? What would be the best chance of survival? That kind of thing. I love watching that shit so much because I'm like, I want to be prepared for all the horror movies. Right. <laughs> and for the zombie apocalypse. But apparently I just scream at everything. So that doesn't help. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, and there can, there can definitely be reasons for that too, especially if people yeah. have any kind of like trauma or PTSD in their past, those sorts of things can be pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've been told that's a really big thing with trauma and anxiety. And one of the things, like, I know that's one of the reasons I love horror movies and serial killer shit so much is because it's, uh, it's a situation of fear, but it's external. It's something that is apart and away from me that I have control over. So I literally... it's fun for me to watch a scary movie because I have control over it. So I'm not like scared, scared. Someone, someone close to me on the same topic um, has PTSD mm-hmm. and wasn't pursuing any kind of treatment for it. They were like, it's, it's fine. Like right. I'll, I'll deal with it when I can deal with it. I'll deal with it. Like I'm not mm-hmm. uh, like they weren't looking for more opportunities for growth. And right. I have IBS. And at a certain point I was like, I just farted really loud <laughs> and they like screamed like it, oh, it fully no. set off, like not like an yeah. attack. It isn't like super severe. It would have um, been a startle response. Full startle response, like heart mm-hmm. rate racing, like adrenaline. Yeah. And they were like, wow. And I was like, sorry. It's <laughs> like most people are like, I can clear rooms with my farts. And I'm like, yeah, but can you trigger someone's PTSD? <laughs> That'd be really impressive. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's horrible that it happened. And also I'm like, well, my ass has bragging rights. You, yeah. You, I say you're allowed to uh, use humor to cope with the yes. shitty realities that is life. Agreed. It's my, it's my, my go-to defense mechanism is humor for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not the um, worst one. <laughs> it's not, I, it's, it's not the worst one. Um, I wanted to chat more about catharsis, seeing as we're talking about zombie apocalypse, PTSD, anxiety. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But that was one of the things I bring up is all the videos I watch. There's one guy that always is like, and if you're watching this from somewhere that's not in the States, I'm really sorry. <laughs> because there's always like, <laughs> we have a massive access to guns. So y'all right. might be kind of screwed. But <laughs> anyways, that's what that made me think of. Yeah, no, I feel like in non-American parts of the world, the zombie apocalypse will just be different. Very, very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would just look super, super different. I've got I think, a plan accordingly. I think zombie apocalypses and just like our fascination with apocalypse <sighs> is yeah. also a form of catharsis for feeling oh, like yeah. the world is ending. Well, and I've, I read this study that was really, or like this article that was really interesting the the theory was that people love zombie video games or zombie movies because it is the closest thing looking like a human that we can justifiably kill and take out rage on right and it's okay because it's not an actual person mm-hmm. yeah and so we let out speaking of catharsis like that is a way uh something that people gravitate towards and I don't see that personally for myself, mm-hmm. but I can understand it being like, it, it feels a little bit, you feel a little bit more justified playing the games or watching something really gruesome if as close to dead. human as you get, but like you can justify that they're not actually human. They're no longer. Right. You know. Yeah, I agree completely. 
So instead of playing Grand Theft Auto and killing people on the game, you're like, I'm going to kill zombies. They're like people, but they're not, so it's okay. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm currently playing a run of Seven Days to Die, which is like a post-zombie apocalypse survival game mm-hmm. where you just like, it's like Minecraft, but with more zombies. Nice. And yeah, there is a horde night every seven days where massive amounts of zombies spawn and all come to try and kill you and your friends and they get progressively Mm -hmm. harder every horde night. So as you build up supplies, it's like this constant intense search for like, okay, we need all the best equipment. We need the best like Mm -hmm. tiers of stuff. And then we need to start like finding the best like destroyed buildings to like barricade and like figuring out okay, well, when, when they come in through this way and they overwhelm this position, we have to like fall back to this position. And like you do mm-hmm. all this like strategy and planning. But I think what's yeah. what's the most interesting for me is working with a team of people that has all played the game before and they're all just like really into it. And it's a really cool experience to like do this like cooperative team game. Mm-hmm. So there's catharsis in that I was always picked last for gym and I'm like, video games, I fucking got oh. this. Oh, yeah. But then there's also catharsis in the like, we're also playing this, you know, we all get like this hit of adrenaline when we're dealing with Horde Knights and you yeah. usually get really funny stories. Um, right. Like I, I was a really big advocate early on of setting up these wooden spike traps because early game zombies will get caught on them. Mm-hmm. And if they keep pushing, they actually eventually get killed by the spike traps. It's not like later game zombies where they actually break through the spike traps and don't right. really take much damage. Um, so a lot of you know, the cool. people that are more experienced were like, you f- it feels like you're investing a lot of time into these spike traps. But then I did such a good job with them that our first horde night, we we had almost nothing. Like we had like nice. a really small number and people were yeah. like, that that was it. And they were like, well, That's I guess awesome. it was the first horde night. And I was like, I honestly think my plan worked. <laughs> you fools. <laughs> but then I found out you don't get experience if they die on like obstacles instead uh... of like by your hand. So I was like, oh, we should definitely not do that again. Smart um, though. Thank you. What I I was going somewhere with this. Oh, right. And then the other (laughs) the other catharsis, um, we get that hit of adrenaline, but then also funny stories. So the reason I told you about the spike traps was at one point I fell off the building and Mm -hmm. survived after hitting a spike trap. But then trying to get (laughs) off the spike trap, I died. And someone (laughs) someone said the word words hoisted by your own petard. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I literally ever heard that before, before, yeah. <laughs> but I have no idea what it means or where it comes from. <laughs> okay. So it's originally from Hamlet. I was going to say, Google it. I just did. Oh, and petard meaning like an explosive, it's... like a bomb. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's, I love it. it's used in a Hamlet um, to mean that a bomb maker is lifted or hoisted off the ground with their own bomb, a petard. Oh, so it literally means like you blew up your own bomb and just like launched yourself into the air, which is quite <laughs> macabre, but also quite funny. Right. And it's it's just it was the perfect context for it. It was like literally I spent like so long setting up these spike traps. And then I was like, what? Fell onto one, was like almost dead and was like, ha, but I didn't die. And then I literally like bled out trying to get off of the spike trap. And I'm like, points for realism. Also hoisted on my own petard. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So catharsis, right? Yes. We got to do one and then I promised extra video games. So I'm going to make sure. We're we're already doing one. 
Oh, we're recording right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you knew. <laughs> you probably said that. I'm sure you. Um, I may have also neglected to say it. Um, but right. uh, yeah, we're. I'm good. I just That's figured we're doing what we kind of do anyways. We just talk. We just talk on like a specific topic usually until we're like bored of it and then we move on. So I figured we're already talking about zombie apocalypses and catharsis. So I'll just yes. like figure and it out. There's of course the fantasy aspect of it if you want to continue there because I love yeah. that I can make the coolest shots, you know, and the really amazing feats on a video game that I uh, am not capable of doing today physically. Absolutely. <laughs> or, or you know, because I, I, I do archery um, mm. in my own personal time, and uh, I, I have certain gloves that I wear because my, my hands and my fingers always get cold and I have arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do have, like, archer gloves that are nice okay. but they it still happens why fingers get really cold mm. and it's just one of those things where sometimes when i'm playing a game involving archery on a video game i'm like this is so cool because i feel like i can do so much more my fingers aren't cold <laughs> <laughs> you know like it takes a bit of that like reality of how difficult it would be to do that in real life right kind of sweeps that under the rug a little bit so that you can enjoy you know the fantasy of doing these really cool things Definitely, especially with like weapons that are made of metal or like really heavy. But also I mm. don't do archery. And in seven days to die, I'm the group's archer. Of course, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I get to live very that different. It's very different in real life. So catharsis has some similarities with fantasy, but I think it diverges mm. from fantasy in having like a really deep emotional charge that like moves or releases something in you. Mm-hmm. Well, catharsis is, you hear it a lot. I mean, I'm not sure if you're wanting to talk more in terms of like kink. We can. Yeah, let's do it. Because I, I feel like that's when you said catharsis, that was my assumption, just mm-hmm. more dynamic and mm-hmm. uh, similar circles. But, uh, you know, trying to explain catharsis to muggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like calling them vanilla because my, my muggle friends don't like being called vanilla. They think it means boring. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Obviously, they're not speaking for everyone. Some people probably don't care for called vanilla, but it's also like one like, of the best flavors. And like there's, there's a reason it's in everything. Is my favorite. I love vanilla. I have vanilla uh, sweetener in my tea right now. Like I love vanilla, which I think is also mm-hmm. funny. But anyways, muggles. Um, it can be a bit um, off-putting, I think, for muggles to hear the fact that someone might want to be, you know, beaten until they cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, we experience catharsis a lot in other ways. Um, and even even just thinking muggle sex. I'm like, have you ever had sex that was, whether it was really, really intimate or really pleasurable or intense, and it was just so intense that you cried? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's happened. And I'm like, that is catharsis, it, which doesn't always have to be tears, of course, but... Um, as a as a big example that most are familiar with yeah and and i'll be like that's catharsis it is quite literally um physical stimuli to the point of emotional release yes whether that's working out really hard that can be a really good way to help emotions come to the surface because sometimes we need that i know that i do um especially as a parent and I'm not hiding my emotions, but you do have to kind of stuff some things down and prioritize um, doing what you got to do. Mm-hmm. 
and we kind of unfortunately get used to stuffing them down. There's also the societal expectation that you're not supposed to be particularly emotional at the grocery mm-hmm. store. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've definitely broken down like on the sky train and everyone looked at me like there was something wrong with me and one person gave me a tissue and it was really sweet. But you know, it was a moment where everyone just stared at me and I was like, I just had an intense phone call. I need to cry. Uh, it's not super socially acceptable to be emotional in public. So yeah, some people do need something to bring that out and it could be physical. It could be, I know people that will put on a particularly sad or moving movie or TV show. And they'll say like, mm-hmm. I really need to have a good cry. So I'm gonna watch this movie because it always makes mm-hmm. me cry. That's catharsis for sure. A form of catharsis, I would say. But mm-hmm. in terms of physical catharsis, that's a thing too. Sometimes um, in kink terms, I am like, I just want to be pushed beyond what I think I can handle and I want an emotional release. And sometimes that might be through other physical means that might involve sadomasochism or dominance and submission. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever works for you, I say. As yeah. As everyone's knowledgeable and consenting, go for it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, <laughs> with a little asterisk at the end of that, you know, try not to play outside of your experience or means. Yes. Because catharsis yeah. can have, that's why I'm like, oh, I need the asterisk, because there are landmines. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you're going to play with catharsis, I'd also, I'd caution um, to any partner that is not an actual therapist, you are not a therapist. Right. Please don't treat this as, as therapy. I know there are certain, I know of certain kinksters that are experienced and good at um, really intense therapeutic uh, kink mm-hmm. practices, and I, I I I love it. But it does scare me because I have seen a couple of people like, oh, I want to try that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this person knows <laughs> what they're doing. There are landmines when you play with like a trauma that might not. Yep. You might not know it's there. Maybe the person that has that trigger might not know it's there. And you need to you need to have a pre-established yeah. relationship, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, I really feel like you need to know each other extremely well so that if the scene goes bad, you've got a plan for, like, how are you going to help rebuild that relationship? And, like, what does it look like if you don't want to see them for a while? Like, you need to talk about those things. Yeah. And then there's the whole, like, okay, so after the scene, what are you probably going to need? If the scene goes really badly, what are you probably going to need? Do you have like an alternate human to offer you support if you're playing with catharsis and you're, you know, getting pushed super, super far and something goes yeah. wrong? Like, what does I that look that. like? Yeah. Even like if everything goes right, what will you still need? Will you need water? Will you need a little yeah. bit of food? Will you need cuddles? Do you want to watch something? Do you want to cry? Do you want to talk? Like, what do you, what do you need? So it really comes back to just like, I think anyways, designing the scene more and being a lot more intentional if you're going to play with catharsis. Yes, it definitely needs to be pre-planned well. Mm-hmm. This isn't something you just do on on the fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's do an ordeal. Sure, why not? <laughs> just casual yeah. ordeal. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That, that is, is, is quite intense. But honestly, if you're just looking for a little bit of a cry and it doesn't take much to get there, yeah, you want to do some spanking or rough sex what have you but again be yeah, keep in mind of things like i love that you did mention one it's like afterwards are you going to want to be held or some people aren't going to want anything to do with you 
Yeah. And, and some people will not even need much to get them there. Like their catharsis doesn't look like super, super intense. It might just look like, you know, right. I want to be fucked in this position and crying doesn't mean stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Yeah. Yep. It's, it can, there's that saying, kink can be therapeutic. It's not therapy. Yeah. I think that definitely. applies very well here. Yeah. <laughs> and with, with the asterisk, please, please, please do not play out of your experience level. Please yeah. do not lie about your experience. I'm trying really hard in a lot of my work to kind of normalize being an experienced, right? Like it's okay to yeah. not be experienced. You don't have to be a super master dom. Yes, but people do yeah. have the right to informed consent. You need to be able to, you need to give them that opportunity to understand what they're committing to. Yeah. And these scenes are commitments. Like you can't do half of a catharsis scene and be like, you know what? This is actually getting really intense for me. I don't think I want to continue. Like you can, but as a top, it's an asshole thing to do. Like if, if you're not the one having the super intense experience, I actually think it is a really bad idea to go in half-heartedly. Like you need to be pretty committed to it. Obviously you still get to consent. You still get to withdraw your consent if things are mm-hmm. not at all what you expected, but in my opinion, if things are not at all what you expected, there have been serious mistakes along the way in planning. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. I just think for folks that are actually dealing with super intense feelings and like vulnerable traumas and stuff, it may not be a big deal at all if you stop. And then for other folks, it may be a huge deal if they have to interrupt that. It can cause them tons of emotional distress. So just, again, be careful with yourselves and with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's one of those things where I feel like this kind of ties back to the zombie and horror movies, honestly. Sure. It's, it, it's not if things go wrong, it's when things go wrong. Right. You know, the more you play, the more likely something is likely to happen. Things, we are human, you know, we can't see the future, unless you can, that'd be cool. Um, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> but like, seriously, ADHD. things are going to happen. Things yeah. I know, right? <laughs> you Unless you could see the future. The I just, can, you that can hear so the cool. ADHD. Yeah, yeah go, go on. <laughs> but things are going to go wrong. And I think it's really important to be prepared for that. And just like so that, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> things Sorry. are going to go wrong in the zombie apocalypse. And it's, you know, that's why I'm all like trying to be prepared for things going wrong so that when it happens, I'm not scrambling or panicking. I'm just going to mm-hmm. scream, apparently. But um, <laughs> in the kink scene, I'm lucky to say that hasn't happened, right? Just scream. Not this, not as the top. But <laughs> as the top, just wildly as- screaming. Uh, <laughs> but as I just top, feel like it's, it's a great way to unnerve your bottom. My top just started <laughs> screaming. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But things are going to go wrong. And so yes. the best thing you can do, of course, is minimize those things that could possibly go wrong. Minimize the, uh, those opportunities happening, yes. you know, check your safety, uh, make sure you have all the safety things on you, that, that, that. Um, but then on top of that, know what you want to do and how to respond. Because if you don't respond well, especially as the top, that can cause a lot of damage. You know, mm-hmm. um, if something goes wrong, it's it doesn't mean the scene has necessarily gone wrong. I've had things not go the way they were supposed to and end it being totally okay and even turn into something else. 
mm-hmm. in, in how we de-escalated. Like mm-hmm. we can still have intimacy as we wind down and wind down properly instead of just immediately stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so there can be an increased bond in how you handle things. And you can leave going, you know what? That didn't go the way it was supposed to, but we handled it really well and it was actually really nice mm-hmm. versus something going wrong you not responding the way you probably should and have it go from this thing went wrong to this is a disaster. Right. And I'm not 100%. saying this to scare people, but it, it's one of those things I say, don't be scared of it, but respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, Love it. Um, don't, don't be scared of BDSM. Don't be scared of, of playing with catharsis, but it respect it. Acknowledge it and try to be prepared for it. 100%. And respect the zombies. Respect the zombies. I I love that there is such a good through line between fantasy (laughs) and catharsis. Because catharsis really is like, you know, processing something from real life through fantasy whether that fantasy is, you know, like living that fantasy through watching a movie or through playing Mm -hmm. video Mm -hmm. games or a TV show, or sex, or kink. Mm-hmm. They're all just different, for me anyways, my opinion is, it's just different levels of living fantasy that is cathartic. Totally. I, I mean, I, I can see how that wouldn't be the case for everyone, but I absolutely sure. get where you're coming from, and I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get to, for lack of a better word, just play. That's yeah. all I want to do, right? <laughs> is, is play. It's, yeah, a lot of it is recreational and a lot of it is our needs, you know, wants and needs to play. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just have a need for novelty. You're like, mm-hmm. I've just been really bored doing the same mundane, banal stuff day in and day out for like months or years mm-hmm. or decades. And you're like, I really just want to be like off kilter and have to recover my balance emotionally. Like I, I want that experience and catharsis can do that or, or intense, um, um, what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Super intense play that is like not necessarily catharsis focused, but that's like ordeal focused. That's the word you used earlier. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Or predicament focused because predicament play can be really fun. So much fun. Do you want really, really sucky or slightly different? Really, really sucky. You're like, wait, I have to choose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like to ask, um, you know, do you want mean nice or silly amazing because catharsis can be any of those yeah it can be any of those um you know i had a a partner that called said you know i've been swamped with exams and so stressed i really just need to play i just need to get my mind off of all the things and do something for myself as a emotional and stress release Mm -hmm. and i'm like great do you want nice mean or silly that's a good starting off point and and they said silly and i'm like oh we got this and we, had, like, by the end we were laughing i don't know if i've ever laughed this hard while having sex <laughs> in my life and we both i felt like i had had some catharsis when i wasn't the one particularly stressed but we both afterwards just big oh, releases, it was such yeah. a nice way to release tension and stress and we laughed so hard and then you know it was nice to just have a break and you yeah, can do I can that s- by being silly. I can see you being a really fun, silly top. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, have we co-to- co-topped before? You know what? I think we've talked about it. 
I'm not did sure we that we actually did, but I, I feel like I remember Brandon being like, that would be ridiculous. Like, it would be so yeah. silly that, like... To watch you and I co-top. Yeah, that it, that Brandon was like, I, I just really want to see that because I think it would just be, like, ludicrously silly. Oh, yes. Us two for sure. We're very silly and we both have ADHD and we're both switchy. Yeah, that would be did, a good time. Did Brandon and I co-top you at some point? I seem to remember doing a co-topping scene, like, at your place at some point, but I can't remember who I was co-topping with or who I was topping. <laughs> So basically, I remember none of it except I, you were I there and it was hilarious. I can tell you about that I've seen you do, but I'm not going to say who it was. Okay, sure. I don't want to out them. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've seen you co-top with others a couple times. I've definitely co-topped with others, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fair enough. It's been a while since I co-topped, but, you know, COVID. I'm still looking forward to getting back into the things when it is time. When it is time, when it is time. Now there's catharsis we could all use. Oh my goodness. And I want to give like a little PSA or something. Not that I know more about what I'm talking about because this is literally a global, simultaneously global trauma we're all going through. So no one has already finished this experience and can share. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I will say something I've thought a lot about and I might caution others is to really try to avoid diving right in ah yes you know what i mean like let's put our toes in the water and test the water a little bit and slowly make our way into the water instead of just diving right in because i feel like i know that i have that urge and desire to do that i really truly i just want to dive into a group of people (laughs) quite literally Mm -hmm. yep i get it it's been a long time I have concerns I might be a little rusty. Yep. And I know for sure somehow that my social skills are not quite up to date. <laughs> like I swear <laughs> when, when you were over, when I saw you last, mm-hmm. I felt like afterwards, I was like, I feel like I struggled a couple times just t- like talking like my conversational skills we were having a great talk but i was like i feel like i was a little rusty on my conversational skills looking back it might i I didn't notice that at all but it might also just be like having adhd like having to focus can be challenging and and i yeah so i feel like there are certain literally there are physical muscles that have atrophied for Mm -hmm. us but i feel like there are definitely some uh social skills that have atrophied Mm -hmm. and you know, not to break too much, I feel like one of the things I am better at would be my social skills. That would be, I think, one of my strengths. And I do I do feel a little bit like, I don't know if I remember how to be around a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And I know the next time I present in front of a group of people, I'm going to feel rusty. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, remember, I'm, I shouldn't just throw myself to the front of the stage and go for it at 11. <laughs> Right. Yes. That you need some time to kind of like, you know, I, I want to prepare and I might, um, in my head, try to remember to slow down and and just do a little bit more of the work and effort, um, to do a good job. Like typically when I'm on stage, I'm, I'm okay. I have to try to remember to slow down. I tend to speak fast Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm going to need to do that more if that makes sense take a little bit of that extra care and extra reminders for myself. And so I just wanted to say, I think we should all look at um, kink 
and and sex that way as we get back into it of like I know you're tempted to dive right on in but let's 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 just uh be gentle with each other as we ease back yes oh sorry I have a a, a young one here yes no it's all good that's a perfect time to wrap up the session on catharsis I'm talking to my friend Victor. Do you remember Victor? They brought Terry the pterodactyl. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's who I'm talking to. Oh, he's walking out. He's like, just wanted to know who. That's Calvin. He has no interest in talking to anyone else. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I definitely, um, for people listening, I definitely brought a gigantic stuffed pterodactyl that was like the size of both of your boys put together over yes they love it and his name is terry with a p, p of course silent, silent p has to be yeah terry the pterodactyl love Spell it p-t-e-r-r-y love it <laughs> yeah oh thanks again for being on the session of intimate interactions robin oh thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure so how did you like it intimates Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash intimate victor or tweet me at intimate victor or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at intimate victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash victor salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes, or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well. <laughs>